Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Sal Capaccio. Filling up right behind the Bills bench right now with their flags and their hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go Buffalo Channel. On WGR Sports Radio 550. I know how it works, but can we maybe just say head injury on Stillman? Like, let's be real, you know? My daughter was at that game Saturday, and Sal Capaccio on the Worcester Hotline. Sal, she took a, she happened to be taking a video of that fight. Maybe when it started, like she just quickly was in position to do that and was video videoing on her phone uh, that fight, and it's chilling that punch he takes. Like her her angle of it was even better than the yeah. TV one, and he just crumples to the ice. I mean, that's tough to watch. Yeah, we were watching it, and um, I it was the same thing for me. And I'm like, oh, here, and I said, oh, here comes Stillman. Like he, he just got into a fight, and then Max was upstairs. He comes down, and I'm like, ooh, he just he missed it. And I go, oh, buddy, he just got he got hit. I said, I don't. I don't know if we want to watch that again, I said, but it was pretty bad. And um, we did watch it again, and uh, it was it's just something you don't see that much of anymore. You don't see, even in the manner in which the fight started, you don't see that much anymore. Two guys look at each other, they drop the gloves and just square off. And then the punch like that, it was it was chilling. I think that's the word you just used, but um, for sure, I agree with you. And um, I hope he's okay, and it seems like at least you know there's, um, there's still some, some lingering effects from that. Each guy on their new team trying to show their stuff there. And what you also don't see very often in a hockey fight is after that punch was landed, the guy who threw it just stood there out of concern for him. Like, we're doing our jobs here. You know, yeah. you, you didn't see any sort of gloating like you might sometimes see anyway, but he just stood he stood there and yeah. waited with the officials to see Stillman get help. So um, quite, quite a lot to, to talk about here. I just saw... I don't know. Is mm-hmm. this is this interesting? Field Yates just tweeted every team's like final cap number or whatever it is for uh, uh, like it, it factors in incentives and bonuses and everything like that. Has the Bills at two twenty seven, and what the, what is the number two twenty four? I I'm sorry, you might not have even seen that, and I'm not. I can't tell you exactly what it is. But um, so let me look right now. I'm going to look at this here. And he says the NFL has finalized its year-end adjustment. Um, the figure was then added or subtracted from two twenty-four point eight to determine each adjusted cap number for twenty-three. Okay, so two twenty-seven. So that's how much the Bills are allowed to spend apparently two twenty-seven. Um, and we know the Bills are right around two forty-ish, I think, because okay. um, because uh, Brandon Bean said they're going to have to shave. You know. He said close to twenty million. I think it was about sixteen. This might be, this might mean they might be a little bit less than that that they have to shave off. So this is basically what that means. So every team technically has a different cap number. Yeah, I believe that's how it works here. Um, it's every team's adjusted cap number for 
uh, incentives, roster bonuses, and carryover cap space. So there's the hmm. there's the NFL cap space, and then there's bonuses that okay. So here's how it works. Sometimes you have to factor in a bonus for what your cap is, but if the player doesn't hit that bonus, you know basically you get to use that next year. There's incentives that aren't hit. So they have to count because you can't just give all these players incentives and go over the cap. So if they don't, then you can use it the next year. And then there's the carryover. You know, you get to use any unused cap space from one year. You get to carry it over to the next. Like vacation days at a lot of places where people work, okay. basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you get to do it like that. So that's how all this works. So the Bills cap number is at 227.7, whereas the 49ers is at 237.5. For example. All right. Well, I didn't do a good job asking you about this, but you answered it great. So I'm glad to know. Thank you. Uh, I think I learned something there, too. Each team has a technically a different number. Okay. Sal, I brought up because a couple of friends have brought it to my attention. Stefan Diggs on mm-hmm. Instagram, not following the bills. Here we go. Or can we just dismiss this? Like, I, I don't know. This is the kind of thing that I usually don't even realize is being talked about. But uh, since I got a couple of texts, like... How, to to what extent is it a serious thing to think that Stefan Diggs might not want to be here? Is that the right way to ask this? So I always get a little caught up in these questions because in this day and age, I think, you know, that this is the way a lot of younger people than me communicate and let their feelings be known. But at the same time, I think that, you know, there's usually generally to me not a lot to read into these things because um, there's all different reasons why you would act a certain way, tweet a certain thing or whatever. I, I usually go to when maybe during the season there's a tweet from an athlete and like, oh, my God, look at this. What does it mean about the player? I'm like, might just mean that, you know, something about their girlfriend. I don't know. Like, you never know right. with things like this. Um, so I wouldn't – I think in this case, sure, you could maybe read into something that maybe he's unhappy about something because that has happened before, as you pointed out. It happened back in Minnesota. That's how the Bills got him. Um, but I don't think anything has risen to the level of me being very concerned. And I'll tell you, part of, part of the reason is few, maybe a month ago, um, a little over that, Stefan Diggs apparently took off all of his pictures in Bill's, in a Bill's uniform off his Instagram. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. And then my wife actually pointed out to me, and I said, oh, yep, you're right. She said, yeah, but all he has left on his Instagram at that time, I don't know if it's changed, are basically pictures of him in clothing promoting stuff like ads it looked like it it basically looked like he was then taking his instagram and using it as more of a marketing tool than anything else it was if you look at his instagram and all the pictures they're him wearing clothing brands and and ads and things like that so that's why i never concerned myself with it so something like this i'm just not as concerned i'm like he's obviously using his social media for something maybe he's making a statement i wouldn't read into that because i know Going back to that particular case, the, you know, that was the point. And then there's the other part, which is, Mike, if if Stefan Diggs went today to Brandon Bean and said, I don't like it in Buffalo, I want to be traded, well, too bad. He just signed <laughs> a contract extension last year that gave him $70 million guaranteed, I think, maybe close to that, around there. And to trade him would before June 1st would literally cost the Bills $34 million in cap space. By the way, dead cap space. I, I need to do the thing he's doing, maybe with his clothes. I need to do that. I'm gonna go tonight. <laughs> right. I'm gonna go delete every picture of myself online and just have it only only woodchuck shirts from now on. That's it. Just there you go. Let liquor shirts and right. woodchuck. That's what we're gonna do. Nice move. All right. So from well, from the player's standpoint, obviously we we don't know 
what he's thinking. I mean, I could pretend to know what he's thinking. Could it mean something? Sure. I, I don't really necessarily think that right now. It hasn't risen to that or anything like that. We haven't heard anybody say anything or report anything. But from the team standpoint, it doesn't matter. Even even if Stefan Diggs was unhappy about something, it's not going to change anything. They'll work it out because they have to because it's just financially almost impossible for the Bills to trade this player right now. With, as you're saying, I mean, really, whether it's, it's, of course, this would be the case when it comes to the team's comments, but even with his, like, you just don't get anything incendiary publicly. No. But the second half of this season, and perhaps quintessentially the last game of the season, the playoff loss, is marked, it's all marked with moments where Diggs is like, what about me? And mm-hmm. say what you want about that. I personally, respectfully, if this is how, how you feel, I don't know, but... I cannot stand it when people tell me I just want I love that he wants to win because it is so blind to all the other players who also want to win probably just as much but can find the, they find the self control to not embarrass their teammates in the process oh by the way most especially Josh Allen like that is I feel like for me that is a really bad take because you want you want your guy to be able to control himself and you know work together with his teammates to get to the desired result but you know he yeah. he is competitive and really i just i'm just meaning to i, I forced in that point sal but really just it's like yeah. there is some uncertainty about where his head is at no doubt and again we have the historical evidence of what happened in minnesota right where there was a tweet and then the bills noticed it and the story goes that brandon bean Joe Shane walked into Brandon Bean's office and said, hey, there's this tweet from Stefan Diggs. And they'd already checked on him Mm -hmm. like that previous year. So they kind of circled back and, you know, things wound up. You know, I I totally respect your point. I understand it. And I to me, there's a lot of that I agree with. There's no doubt about it. I would say I think that um, I think that every team, every sport, but especially a football team when it's 53 players and it's such a a physical, demanding and emotional sport. I think that you're going to always have different kinds of guys and different kinds of personalities and you need them. I think you need all of those kinds of personalities to function, to be able to go. I, I do think there's a time and place though for him to be able to dial that down. And he probably didn't do it well enough towards the end of the year. And, and I mean, he hasn't said that, you know, he's basically said, I'm an emotional guy. And I get that. I, I do want him to be emotional. I do want to see the emotion because that's who he is. I never want to step on digs to not be himself, but I do think there's a time where you have to say, Hey, this is this is a playoff game. I gotta I gotta kind of tone it down a little bit, rein it in a little bit. And I would say for me, it was more the fact that he was a captain as well. Like that matters to me. He's a captain. He's a leader of the team, and to to show that leadership. And that's why I actually I had a bit of an issue with him not sticking around after the last game and just bolting out of the locker room and not speaking. Um, you know, I I know that a lot of people oh cry me a river. We're in the media. They don't have they don't owe you anything. Of I get that, but right. I do. But I do. Th- I, right, right. We all hear that. But I do think there's a, a a responsibility that you have when you are a captain of a professional sports team to be that person. Like you're supposed to be the person, the the, you know, the speaker for what happened, what didn't happen, what went right, what went wrong. Sal, like of course, and you know what else. He would have had it in his mind what had just happened on the field, including his own demonstration on the sideline where he's screaming at Allen. If that were you or I, guess what? I have a chance, after cooling down, 
to go public and explain myself and even maybe whatever you'd be inclined to do. But if you do not like it, when everybody is speculating about you all the time and you spend half your time on Twitter going on about how, well, you know, you don't know me kind of stuff, then why not take the opportunity afforded you and go out there and say, look, I just, it was heat of the moment. I love my teammates. I love him, whatever, you know, and if you don't, that's fine too. Say you don't, but if you're bothered, you're so bothered by people bothering you because like they can't get your story straight. How about tell your story? Then you won't have the problem. Seems pretty simple. Yeah, it is. I I don't know if Stefan Diggs cares about that as much though. I think he just he I don't care if they're going to say anything about me or. He whatever. apparently and, does care a great deal about that. I think he's he seems to because he's always like, you know, it seems again right. Who really knows? But it, all these references to how like people don't understand who I am and you know protect your peace and all this. Well, you know, why don't you explain yourself then? Then people won't bother you. Um. He also wrote something recently about how I was it yesterday, maybe a few days ago. I, I about how he likes to. You just said it, kind of screw around with people or yeah. like uh, uh, you know about how he might be feeling and putting it out on social media. So I never know what to think, you know, with a lot of these guys, and they're all different in how they react to that. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, I think it's something to at least pay attention to, but. I mean, I have gotten no indication that the Bills are particularly concerned about this right now. We haven't heard anything from any reporters. And I think that, you know, a lot of times this is the time of year where guys are getting released. It's business. It's emotional. There's different things going on. The teams are taking shape. They're, you know, kind of putting their pieces together for the next year. So you're going to get a lot of different kinds of opinions from people about a lot of different kinds of things. And I'll go back to what I said earlier, though. It kind of doesn't matter. (laughs) No 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 matter what Stephon Diggs feels here on March 6th, the bills aren't trading them. They they it would cost them thirty seven million dollars in dead salary cap space to do that. So I I would expect him to show up to training camp and say how much he loves Josh Allen, just like he did last year. I would too, but I'm going to want to hear him say it. Sal mm-hmm. Capaccio on on the Wesher hotline. Um, where are we at on state of the bills by position? Yeah, wide receiver. I did that. Over the weekend, I posted it today, and he obviously is. I actually addressed this. We, we just said. Um, I do make the point, though, if the Bills, like, if, the, if it got to a point where something like this did happen and the Bills made it a post-June 1 trade, they actually would um, save $8.4 million in calories, salary cap space. But it would still cost them $12 million in dead cap space. And, oh, by the way, he's great. So, you know, I mean, that's part of the point here. He's great. He's your number one wideout, and he's going to be. I think the question really comes in after that. Um, you know, Gabe Davis, I don't know if people realize the kind of season he actually did have. You know, he did finish number two in the NFL behind only only Jalen Waddle in yards per catch. It was a career high, 48 catches, 836 yards. But he also, you know, had some inconsistencies, and that's noted. And you go through the list here. I have Isaiah McKenzie. I think it's very iffy if he's back on the roster. They can save some money there. Khalil Shakir. I'd like to see him play more, but what is their plan for him? And do they feel that, you know, he's a guy that is going to be in their plans to play more next year? I would think so, but at what capacity? There's going to be somebody added. How that goes about, the draft, early in the draft, free agency, what level player that is, I think that's really interesting to me because I don't think they need the top guy. They have digs. And they also don't need, like, bottom feeders, if, if you want to call them that, the, the bottom of the depth chart. They need those guys right in the middle. They need one or two of those, I think, and that's that's what's interesting here. I think Davis, What one phrase you're going to hear all the time this summer on him when talking about the upcoming season is, is who he is. I think that is now the bottom line on Davis is 
yes, you're going to get y- yards per catch because he's a big play guy, but you're going to it's going to be erratic and he's not going to separate. You know, like I think we know. I think we know. Useful player, you could do worse, but you could mm-hmm. also do better. Like he's not T. Higgins or even close, really, to that that kind of level. Maybe that's the best number two receiver in the NFL or Waddle. So. You know, okay, I can make that work. He's definitely a playmaker, and if I can, you know, give Allen time and compliment Diggs and Davis with a couple other interesting pieces, then I'm well. I might win 13 games again. <laughs> you know, like I'm okay. I don't need to. I don't need to sub him out. No, and he plays a lot. He's a really good blocker. They like to have him on the field for that. Um, you know, and for the people always say to me, "Why is he playing over Stefan Diggs?" Well. That's that's the reason. Whether you agree or not, that's the reason. He he can play in any situation. He can go deep. We know that he's a big play guy. Um, you know he can catch shorter passes, although it's not necessarily what they normally have him do. And he can block, and that's a big part of why he plays so much. I'm just really interested. I think in you know it's not even Diggs or Davis. I think you know they're in trend. Going to play here. I think Shakir is going to play. He's going to have his time. It's going to be more next year. McKenzie. Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder, like the slot position just feels like it's got something's got to happen here. What is that? Do they want to run it back and try and bring Cole Beasley back? Even if he did, I think it would be almost like a like a tryout. He'd come back to camp. It's not the guy you're relying on. Do they think more in there that they didn't get from McKenzie that they thought they were going to get last year? I don't know. That's tough to see necessarily happening. And then Jamison Crowder's interesting. It never really was able to happen because he got hurt. And I remind people, like, he was the team's number one punt returner going into last year as well. If you move on from Naeem Hines because of his contract like we talked about, suddenly he becomes even more important maybe to, to, to bring back if you liked the reason why you brought him in in the first place, but it just wasn't able to work out because he got injured in week four. And Crowder is up, right? So like Yes, have to he's a free agent, yep. Go back to him, go and do I that. And I can't imagine, Mike, there'd be much of a market for him. But look, I mean, the Bills paid him one point nine seven five last year, close to two million dollars. I mean, good luck to him if he gets that. I I don't think the Bills should or will give him that much money again. He's probably looking at a less deal. He's now been in the league, you know what, eight years I think it is. Um, so we'll see if he uh, gets that kind of money. But that might depend on that. And if if he feels like it was a spot that he liked to be in in the short time he was here, and the Bills feel they'd like to get him back, then there's probably something they can work out there. With Sal Capaccio, just a couple more minutes here, Sal. How much of the combine did you digest? I was dialed into some of the um, the forty and the quarterbacks throwing to receivers, and so receivers, tight ends, a little bit. Um, not a ton of stuff, but I watched a little bit of that. So something we could talk about tomorrow because I'm going to work on tight ends. Mike mm-hmm. is I, I I am starting to really warm up to that and think about that as a potential even first round pick oh, for baby. this team. Oh, baby. Um, you know, I Talk know that slower. they have to add it wide receiver. Yeah, there you go. I know they have to add it wide receiver. And so pass catcher. I just think if you look historically the last few years, let's look at how they've operated. They brought Tyler Croft in. It kind of eh, didn't really work out the way they wanted. He had some injuries. They tried to sign Rob Gronkowski. We know that. Both Rob Gronkowski and the Bills have said that. So that's a fact. That tried. They, they looked into doing that. They did sign O.J. Howard. He didn't work out. He wasn't quite the athlete they thought he'd be. Didn't have, you know, maybe lost a step, whatever it was. And now you have this really good tight end class. And there's guys out there, I think, in the Bills, they want to be better up front. We know that. 
We know they want to add weapons. Well, one way to do that is maybe you get a guy who can do a little bit of both. <laughs> you can block a little bit better and put teams in a bind because you have a guy that can go out and catch passes. Are you saying what I think you're saying, which is that which is? you and I are going to be on Darnell Washington at 27? Is that what you're saying right here? Because it sounds like it. I think Darnell Washington is a very, very um, – intriguing player for the Bills at 27. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes. Or is it 28? Have we figured that 27 out? 27 is the—it would be 28, but Miami's pick was forfeited, so it's the—literally, it's the 27th pick. It is the 27th pick. I think it will go down officially as the 28th pick. Okay. I think they have to do that for bookkeeping purposes because of 32 first Well, what picks. do you want to call it then? You want to call it 28? I want to call it 28, but he'd be the 27th player off the board. I oh, think everything I, I do, this. Mike, because of well, – well, I think for me, it's not, a, it's not like a personal preference. I think for me to keep things straight, I have to go by how the NFL treats it for all my reporting. Okay. Boy, we were doing so well. We even yeah, found a player we both want, and then you have to go and – Bring this up. All right. And the reason why is I went back. Do you remember when the um, Patriots forfeited a first-round pick uh, yes, I do. several years but ago? But it was the last pick, wasn't it? No. Okay, maybe they not. Anyway. Couple. May, I, there was one. Maybe it wasn't them. I went back and looked, and I think they still had 32 official picks listed that year in the first round. There was a forfeited pick in the first round one year. I went. I did go back and look. It's. I have to go back and check again, but I think that's why. But Darnell Washington, yes, I do think that would be – a player that I could see on the Buffalo Bills and somebody who would fit all of these things we're talking about. Holy cow, that guy did everything. 
He had the third yeah, fastest. Yeah, I mean, did he short... do so much that other teams are going to want him now? That's what Zach thinks. That's what Zach thinks. He's like, he won't be there. I'm like, won't be there. We weren't even talking about him in the first round at all. But he had the third fastest short shuttle time in the combine. The two guys on top, Smith and Jigba, the receiver, was number one. They're both like 5'10", 180 or something like that. This guy's 6'7", 265, and he put that up, ran a 4'6", 5", you know, a twisting one-handed sideline catch, leaping in the air like Beckham style. Just this. Sal, we're going to have some fun that. here. We are going to have some fun here. Yeah, it's, it does make it intriguing, but I um I, good. I'm glad you're on this because now we got something really uh, – maybe you and I can dri- – Jeremy's driving the wide receiver train. Maybe you and I can drive the tight end train. <laughs> okay. Close enough to wide receiver. All right. <laughs> thanks, right. Sal. You got it. Sal Capaccio's visits on WGR brought to you by Outlet Liquor, your place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Also, outletliquor.com, by the way. Paul next. I want a few minutes with Paul just to set tonight up. Edmonton in town. Big week for the Sabres, of course. We'll do that. Brad Spielberger of PFF coming up at 5. The Raiders have just reportedly tagged Josh Jacobs. So there's a potential free agent not going to market. Tony Pollard, same with Dallas today. Tomorrow is the deadline for this, and the big one is Lamar Jackson. Ozzie Newsom with the Ravens said they will tag Jackson if they can't get him signed before tomorrow. And what are the odds, given everything you've heard, that they get him signed before tomorrow? Sabres and Oilers tonight, pregame at 6.30. Bulldog is back tomorrow. This is Mike Shope on WGR. It's Paul Hamilton. Oh, Cervatic and Hamilton going to each other and the whiskey. With Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Snodcheck was just totaled by an Iowa State player against the board. I think it was by Hamilton. On WGR. Really a pretty unnecessary hit by Hamilton. Hamilton is still awfully mad. He's being held back. Number 17, Paul Hamilton. Two minutes for charging, five minutes for fighting, and the Wisconsin. Sports Radio 550. Paul? I yes. want I want to be subject to you when I say this very unpopular take. I don't know if anybody else is brave enough to say it, but Jordan Greenway expected to make his debut tonight for the Sabres wearing number 12. Mm-hmm. Am I right so far? You are. 12 is not a great number. I was thinking I didn't think that was going to look good on him. What is it about I 12? I was thinking the same thing. And... We were earlier trying to think of Saber 12s. Uh, Sal came up with Rick Vive. He wore 12 for a little bit. Gianta. Gianta. How did I miss that? <laughs> I'm he's, a little upset with myself now. To me, he's he's the 12. Which, yeah, you know, like, maybe, not. no offense to him, he had a fine career, but like. I mean, it's not Ken Priestley or Larry Mickey or Skip Craig or. or try. Uh, Alech Kodalik might be. But I'd take Gianto over Cody. Try this, Paul. Who's the best player in the history of the league to wear 12? So I looked this up because I didn't want to miss anybody obvious. You know, certain numbers, you could name a whole bunch of guys. 12, it goes like this. Jerome Aginla, Eric Stahl. Jerome Aginla was the only thing I could think of. I didn't think of Eric Stahl when you brought it up. Well, because you would never think of, no offense, you'd never think of Eric Stahl in any conversation about the greatest players in (laughs) NHL history. So (laughs) I've got a a website here that did this, and they have Jerome Aginla, Dickie Moore, who played for the Canadians in, what, the 50s? Um, 
Yeah, that would be more Bulldogs time than my time. Right. Howard's gone, so. (laughs) Stahl and Patrick Marlowe. Like, there's your 12s. Come on. There are teams that have four better players than that. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for Greenway. I mean, he, he he makes sense. He does. It's just him. He and Stillman are players they didn't have. You know, they had, I think, too many of the same guys. And I think they needed to change it up a little bit just to be harder to play against. And I don't mean fighting or hitting or that, you know. I'm just talking about being harder to play against. And, and I think, you know, Adams kind of figured that out, too. You know, he, as you heard him say, you know, on your show when he was talking uh, after the trade deadline, you know, he felt his team was getting bullied. I don't disagree with that. And it just, uh, you know, but I'm not looking for guys. I'm not looking for John Scott. You know, I'm looking for people who can play hockey, who have some size to them. And it's not, you know, Greenway can. I mean, this this year is not a good example of that, but maybe Granado and Granado feels this way. You know, he can maybe get more out of him that that, that because there's more to give. And Greenway feels the same way. I, I feel the same way. And I think if somebody's going to do it, Don Granado is the guy that could do it. We talked at length Friday about that and how Adams described as Granado really, you know, pounding the table was the phrase, uh, really wanting and convincingly, apparently, to get his hands on Greenway and see what he can do with him. By the way, Granado's brother lost his job. We just saw. I just saw that right before as we were playing that lovely open. I saw. Yes, that. Tony Granado out at Wisconsin. Paul Hamilton on the Wester Hotline. Well, Saturday was a good day. It was, and you know, I, and you'll hear in the pregame, I, I, the first question I asked Rasmus Dahlin is, the thing that really impressed me is the Sabres initiated everything. They initiated the speed of the game. They initiated the pace of how it was going to be played. They initiated the physicality. And when, when I see them do that, they usually are on the winning end by a lot. And I saw them do that against Tampa Bay, and they got out to a 5-1 to one lead early in the third period. And uh, wound up winning it five to three, but uh, I, I really like that part of it. And when they do that, I think they they become a better team. And they played like Greenway was in the lineup. You know, they they were a little braver, and and they played a little. And it's like, good, we traded for Stillman and Greenway, and I, we like the way they play. Guys, Greenway's not there yet, but you played like it. You know, so uh, you know it'll be in- interesting to see moving forward. Stillman out from the punch he took. Yeah, um, he had the non-contact. He was out there today. He had the non-contact out. Jost was out there, but needing in the lineup spot, Granado said, you know what, he's been nursing a, a little thing that he's been trying to get through, and he goes, this is a good opportunity to let him get through it. You know, let's let's let him sit for at least this game and let him get through it. He said both Stillman and, and Samuelson have the type of injuries that will resolve quickly, but are both listed as day-to-day. Tampa Bay isn't right. No, they aren't. Did you see any of that yesterday? I was watching. It got some pounded. Yeah. But I mean, they had four shots in the first period, and then they had none in the second. So at the end of two periods, they're down four nothing, or being outshot twenty three to four. Wow. Guess what? The benching of your stars in Buffalo didn't work. <laughs> they now they did get off to a nine one shots advantage in the third period, but they still didn't score. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's no embarrassment to lose to the Carolina Hurricanes, but to put the two games together that they put together in Buffalo and in Raleigh uh, was almost an embarrassment. And it just got worse as it went along. Interesting coaching move. You know, this is another one. So many hockey moves are, are like this for me 
maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but the season is so long. And when have the Lightning had anything to play for? When was the last game they had anything to play for? Like, they've been in a spot all year. They're the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? So a coach wants to keep it fresh, and that's probably really hard in, in a season like theirs. So, like, I just logically, I am not here for put your best players on the bench to try to have a better chance of winning or even to try to send a message for the next game, you know? Like, that's not what I'd want to do. Or maybe it's not what he wanted to do either, Cooper. But you got to do something. I think that's sort of the instinct – and they have time to dig out. Like, they still had been, I saw, probably isn't going to be out long. They're still, like, loaded. So, I know you caught, and I, I also know Travis Yost wrote on this today, like, you caught how it's getting close, a little closer in, in the standing. So, it's not over that Tampa Bay is up in the top three. They're making it interesting, but highly likely to stay there, given who they are and the amount of time they have left. And this wasn't a one-game thing in Buffalo. They've only won two of their last ten. This is something that has been brewing. And he just hasn't liked the way his best players have been playing. It was, As I said, this wasn't, all right, this happened in Buffalo, we're going to bench him. This, this has been talking to people. This has been coming along and coming along, and he's been getting madder and madder. And it, it, it came to a head in Buffalo, let's put it that way. Uh, so, you know, that's what he, he decided to do. He just didn't feel they were even coming near to performing like they're capable of doing. So it wasn't, you know, talking to him after the game and listening to him, it wasn't like, all right, I want to do this to shock the team. It was like these guys just aren't put up even close to the standard that we put up here, and, and I've had enough of it. You know, I, I've seen it for too long, and we're going to put a stop to it now. So, well, he didn't, at least for one game. But uh, that that's the way he was looking at it. I don't know anything about what the plan is in goal. If you do, I'm going to ask you in a second. But I want to tell you what I would do. And then maybe this is what they're doing, if you know. Maybe this is really bad. I don't know. You'll tell me. I would go Lucan in tonight, Anderson tomorrow, Comrie Thursday. The reason that they've not done that with – Anderson, it's Anderson today, okay. and the re, it, probably he was in the starters net. And the reason they don't like doing that that way is because they would rather he get the home game fresh and not have a late night of travel, get into your hotel room, okay. get to sleep at 2 in the morning, and then play the second game. Makes sense. I'm, so, I'm, I'm with that then. That's fine. Typically, he's been getting the first game if he's going to play one or the other. We don't. I, okay. I can't even tell you who who might get the second game. Good point. Really yeah, can. right. Now Comrie's open for tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, and he's won four in a row, and I liked his game against Tampa. I thought he played well. If you look at the other ones, he's won. Well, his numbers aren't real good, but he won. I mean, and that's kind of what Lukanen was doing. His numbers weren't good, but he was winning. You know, when he came up here, the thing I liked about Lukanen before the break was he was making the big save at the big time in the third period, when they needed a save, he'd make it. And since the break, with the exception of the San Jose game, he really hasn't been doing that. The other game he won was a 7-4 to four win. Well, you know, that, that, and that got close near the end. So I'm not really going to give him credit for that one as far as, you know, numbers and that type of thing. The only really decent game he's played since the break is the San Jose game, where really they probably wouldn't have won it without him because they weren't playing all that great. They weren't at their worst, but they weren't playing all that great. And after 40 minutes, it was 2-2, and it's basically because of him. They need wins, and he's Lukanen's been messy. Comrie, you know, is, is 
caught up, it seems like he's fine. He's a fine option at this point. I think you do that. I mean, I think Lucan and waits. And if he if he's going to wait, let him go to Rochester. Okay. To play there. I I agree with Adams. He has to play somewhere. And if he's going to stop playing here or not play a lot, and you like what and you like what uh, the other goalies are doing, fine. Then get him somewhere where he is going to play. You have that's, so that's many the only games, thing I right? Would say about that. Sorry, you have so many games that like even if it's just here and there, once in a while, it's close. You know, pretty close. So you can maybe do that, but Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, they play every other night from tomorrow through two weeks from tomorrow, uh, literally, exactly. So there'll be a, a lot of work coming up for them, and it's important. Very good. Well, uh, I want to. we'll talk again at 6.30 like we always do to top the pregame show, but you know, I'm excited for this week for the Oilers. It's a great team to go see, and um, maybe we'll do a little bit on them when we talk later. Yeah, McDavid's only scored in 41 of his last 43 games. Nothing nothing big. 122 points with 20 games left. <laughs> nice. I love the league like this. It's weird, though. He never scored 50 till this year. Everybody's up. With Thompson, it's like, who is Tage Thompson? Who's his comp? We're like, Mario Lemieux. I can't believe it, but it's Mario Lemieux. I've got the comp for Connor McDavid. It's Connor McDavid. Remember him from a few years ago? Like, this is, this is the guy. He compares with himself. And he's not, you know, not, he doesn't wear 12. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Take care. No, I'm not knocking Greenway, but like 12 is just weirdly not a good hockey number for some reason. Like, should be. It's not like 60 or something. This, what's the problem with 12? It's a quarterback number. Even baseball, it's weird. Basketball, maybe. Like, who are the 12s? Where are the good 12s? What What is the problem? Is it something to do with like the the way the number looks, or like the word 12? There's no teen or anything? Is that two-teen? Would that help it? Is it just the randomness of who the players are that have worn it? I don't know. Once it starts, like once 10 is the number you want for soccer, then you're going to gravitate toward toward 10 in, in that sport. Hockey in 12 just... No, I've said enough. 803-0550 for your calls. Brad Spielberger, PFF, coming up in 20... After that, we'll be wide open up until pregame at 6.30. Bulldog is back tomorrow. This is Mike Shope on WGR. Sabres home to Edmonton tonight, 6.30 pregame. Tomorrow night's game at the Islanders is also 6.30 pregame, 7.30. What are they doing to us? Also, next uh, Monday, I believe I saw, that's Toronto is a road game, 7.30. A lot of 7.30. Oh. Are you old enough to remember Sabre games at 8? When I was a kid, they were at 8. And then Sunday nights would be at 7 at home. But the like a weeknight game on a school night <laughs> would be an 8 o'clock game. I think, at least like when I was first watching them. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Brad Spielberger of PFF coming up at 5. Always great to talk to Brad. He's their cap expert, like their number one salary cap expert. So, well, we won't make it too mathy. I mean, there's decisions to make here for the Bills, and he's offered strong and smart opinions to us before. Edmonds, Poyer, the two big free agents, the the franchise tag. You're hearing some news around the league today. Tony Pollard in Dallas, Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas. They'll, They'll be staying with their... Their current teams, you can still negotiate a deal after that, but at least it it protects the team uh, from the player going to free agency. And tomorrow is the deadline. There's Lamar Jackson to find out about uh, by tomorrow. Ozzie Newsom at the top of the Ravens front office said that uh, they will tag Jackson if they can't get him signed by tomorrow, and that possibility seems unlikely. Derek Carr to New Orleans. Well, I didn't mention it to Sal. I meant to, but we were on to other things including Stefan Diggs not following the Bills on Instagram, apparently. Somebody has to tell me about that. Uh, Carr to the Saints. Sal picked to our quarterback carousel draft. Five of us, four rounds. So we each have four teams. And Sal picked New Orleans at 10. Not because, like, we all didn't think New Orleans would have a new quarterback, but the other nine teams could or probably will also have a new quarterback. There are a lot of teams like this. But he picked the Saints, and he picked Carr to the Saints, which is right. So he gets one point for being right on the Saints, having a new one, new quarterback. He gets 10 points for getting Carr right. We gave, Everybody got to pick one player for their team. He gets 10 points for that. That's a flat 10-point bonus anytime you're right. And he gets five more. All right, this is mathy, but you get – we decided it was best to have it be – points for every year you've been in the league, and Carr will be at 10 this year. So Sal gets a score of 16. That's an excellent score for one player. That's a great start for him. I had Carr on Carolina with the 7th pick. Bulldog had Carr on Tampa with the 8th pick. So those are out. I mean, hopefully those teams almost definitely will have new quarterbacks, but it won't be Carr. So we have no chance at the 10-point bonus on those picks. Going to have to find another way. The most interesting team for me about this is the Jets. So whatever, Carolina will have to do something else, Tampa, whoever else, you know, visited with him. The Jets are the key one. Where do the Jets end up? Like, does this accelerate the Aaron Rodgers stuff for them? They have too good of a roster. I, I have to stop myself. Dan Leberfeld on the Jets last week was on. He said, it's not as good as you think. You could name stars, but there are still a lot of holes on the Jets. Fine. But, man, even with what we know that they have that's good, the coach in a third year, the GM more than that, you got to get somewhere. Like, they have to be good. And another year just fooling around with the likes of Mike White or whatever they do, I mean, good luck in this conference getting in. So they, they have to score. And I thought Carr would have been – Really nice for them. But New Orleans got him. 
So now what? I can't imagine there'd be a rookie under center. It can't be Zach Wilson. Maybe it's White. That's who Dan said he thought it would be if they couldn't get Carr or Rodgers. There's Garoppolo. There's maybe Tannehill. There's, do I want to say Phillip Rivers after that Rich Eisen thing today? Like, there are going to be some veterans here. You know the names, but, man, the Jets are really, this hurts them. I think. I mean, I think they wanted them, but didn't get them. There's Lamar Jackson, I guess. Maybe I have to say him in this, too. Still options, but uh, how many really good ones are left for the Jets? Derek Carr to the Saints. Brad Spielberger, PFF, more football next. Sabres and Oilers tonight, pregame at 6.30. This is Mike Shope on WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 